0: Welcome to It's All Your Fault on True Story FM, the one and only podcast dedicated to helping you identify and deal with the most challenging human interactions, those with someone who may have a high conflict personality. I'm Megan Hunter and I'm here with my co-host, Bill Eddy.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: We are the co-founders of the High Conflict Institute in San Diego, California, where we focus on training, consulting and educational programs and methods all to do with high conflict. In today's episode, we're going to talk about whether to walk away from a high-conflict relationship or situation. Sometimes we have a choice, sometimes we don't. But how do you know when it's okay, or if it's okay, and then how do you do it? So first though, a couple of notes. Send your high conflict related questions to podcast at highconflictinstitute.com or on our website at highconflictinstitute.com slash podcast where you'll also find all the show notes and links. All right, Bill. So walking away, this is a kind of an interesting one. you know, we don't like to walk away from relationships. We all like to have good relationships and friendships and family relationships. But sometimes, you know, we get this question a lot, like, when is it okay to walk away? Because I, I'm so exhausted. As, as we've mentioned on a lot of episodes, the three words we hear the most in this you know at at hci or i'm exhausted from the chaos and i dread seeing this person it's just a common theme over and over and when you when when you have those uh that experience you have a decision to make um in some cases and it's whether you want to continue being in that if You know, there's some, some situations you can use the cars method and be quite successful with it. And others, uh, sometimes, you know, people wonder, maybe it's just better to, to leave this, this relationship. And, it, you know, it kind of can depend on whether it's it's family or friends. Sometimes it's, you know, the old saying, and you can pick your friends, but you can't f- pick your family. But can you? <laughs> That's the question.
1: As adults, I like to think that people do pick their adult family, which may or may not be the family they grew up in, their biological family, etc. And we all need families, but sometimes if you've got a high-conflict parent, for example, people find that they really can't continue a close relationship with that high-conflict parent and become their own person, that there just isn't room for them in the relationship. So you you hear about uh, some famous people that won't talk to one of their parents, and I'm always curious is there a high conflict person here and who is it maybe it's the parent or maybe it's the you know the actor that's cut off that parent it's hard to know but family members can be the most difficult because they're part of who you are they're part of your own development your own thinking your own sense of self Personalities are really formed significantly in the first five or six years of life. And so there's a lot of the parent in you. If it's a lot of dysfunctional stuff, then you may find you really have to distance yourself from that person in order to find your who you really are. That's just one example. Maybe a sibling. And in families, people often are closer or farther without ending relationships. They're just not as close to a sibling. Maybe they talk to the sibling once a year instead of, you know, every week. And there's another sibling they talk to every week. I'm always curious when you have a large family, like six or eight or 10 or 12 kids, there's always alliances and there's always kind of groupings, who's close and who's who's farther apart. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they felt they had to walk away. That's just families. Adult friendships, adult relationships, dating, all of that, that's where it's more common, maybe. And the question is, if it's a high-conflict person, then you need to do it carefully.
0: You know, I read something recently by a, a man named Martin Isles he asked the question, is it ever okay to walk away from, you know, what he calls a toxic person? And uh, he made a few notes that I thought were interesting. And one of them was, you've tried everything you can. And particularly in maybe in the faith community, you know, in, in our churches and temples, we're taught to reconcile, to forgive, to make peace. And you've tried, we try all of those things. But with high conflict people, it doesn't really, that doesn't impact. So, it really results in one thing, which is probably you getting hurt. You know, the way he puts it is that hurt mounts up to the point where you are psychologically disintegrating from the festival of gaslighting, manipulation, control, deception, and cruelty. And he calls it, you know, an an abuse, and that you may well be alone in that struggle, because if they're really good at their game, they'll be an angel of light to most people and nobody's going to believe you, right? So, um, and he goes on to talk about sociopaths and narcissists, <laughs> which I thought was was pretty interesting. But I I, I think for the faith based community, we are or that community is taught to, to just, you know, forgive. And you see this lack of understanding the high conflict personality in those those situations, and and people can really get devastated.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that because there are churches, temples, mosques that get stuck on high-conflict people. They don't know what to do. And I think you certainly can have empathy for them. You can respect them and still protect yourself from them and maybe even set limits on your relationship with them, either as an organization or as an individual. Sometimes you have to do that. How you do it is, I guess, where I focus because that you need to do it sometimes. I think we have to accept as a reality. If about 10% of people have high conflict personalities, there's a lot of people they impact. People say we should have empathy for them because that's a, if they have a personality disorder, that's a mental disorder. But they impact so many other people that we have to allow ourselves to set limits on them. And one is walking away from relationships.
0: So when do we kind of hit that point? And and I I think for many people they will continue to forgive. They they might grovel. They. Keep trying to resolve the conflict and have conversations and um, address the problem, adjust the situation, keep doing nice things for the person, and it just never works. And I think that's probably a point where you do need to sit down. And, of course, it's individual choice, but to sit down and and, and think it over, truly, and maybe talk to someone else who has good insight and isn't just taking sides and becoming your own negative advocate.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think we have to separate two things. One is having empathy and respect for people, and another is being in relationship with them or not. Because you can have empathy for someone and respect them and choose to not be in a relationship with them. I think that that helps resolve it, like you're saying, in a faith community, is you don't have to be angry, you don't have to be hostile, and yet you can say, this isn't healthy for me, or this isn't healthy for us, and therefore we're setting this limit. That's the key. It's, it's so sad to me how angry people get about high-conflict people, because they don't understand them, and they don't understand what to do. And the anger you know circles around and hits other people impacts children and all of that to me it's not about anger and good and bad people it's about strategies and people being who they are we're all human beings and in many ways we're all good people but some of us have more bad behavior and we have to set limits on the bad behavior to me it's it's not a question of judgment Like people say, is this a good character or a bad character? To me, it's understanding what's this personality. So like antisocial, which is sociopath, the the hardest in many ways, doesn't care, doesn't have a conscience, all of that. I can have empathy for them, but I sure don't want them in charge of my life or even significantly involved in my life. I see I think there's a purpose for all of these personalities, and that is to push us and The question is to push us forward or backward. Sometimes these awful personalities have actually pushed humans forward in some positive new directions, but they can't stop themselves that's That's the analysis to me is is high conflict people make us better as humanity? but they can't stop themselves so we have to learn how to set limits on them rather than judge them
0: yeah yeah i, I agree completely and it's I, that's really really fascinating the the purpose of personality i think there's a podcast episode in that or maybe a book <laughs> um, <laughs> trademark <laughs> so yeah. yeah so let's say you know you've kind of come to that point where you've tried your best you've given, you know Used your best skills, um, or you've been listening to our podcast and and decided, <laughs> you know, hey, um, I I need to make a decision about something because if you are dealing with someone who's who maybe has antisocial traits or full on antisocial high conflict personality, that's one of the toughest relationships you'll ever have, and it's maybe dangerous, uh, whether whether dangerous physically or even like reputation wise. Yeah. Like they they want to destroy.
1: That's part of their personality: is dominance, conning people, lying, all of that. So, let me just briefly say, things to consider: the the five high conflict personality types we generally talk about are antisocial or sociopath, narcissistic, borderline, paranoid, and histrionic. Each of those have considerations if you're going to be walking away from the relationship. So, starting with antisocial or sociopath, there could be danger. These are people who physically hurt other people. They get into fights in families, out maybe at work, etc. So, you have to think in terms of protecting yourself. And you may actually, if you're in a close relationship or married to someone like this, that you may have to be in a safe place when they get the message that you're walking away from the relationship likewise um, borderline personality borderline personality is very intense around family relationships parent child husband wife boyfriend girlfriend likewise they could be dangerous at a time. This can be one of the most dangerous times, especially if they've, there's a pattern of domestic violence. The highest risk for serious domestic violence or death is time of separation. So, you may be thinking, well, I'm finally getting away from this problem. Well, the problem is going to get bigger before it gets smaller, so you need to be prepared. Narcissistic They're less invested, frankly, because they want someone else to think they're cool, but they still may feel embarrassed and humiliated if you walk away from them. And this could be family. This could be workplace. A lot of times, narcissists, they get fired because of narcissistic behavior, and they may be really angry because they feel really humiliated. They may want to retaliate. Paranoid, similar. Retaliation's part of a theme for them to watch out for. And histrionic's very dramatic, may tell lots of people lots of stories about you. So, with all five, you want to be careful. You want to think through, what's this person's pattern of behavior when somebody walks away from them? What do I know about their history? And think that through and think, what do they do? They're going to do that when I walk away. So do I need to be physically safe before they know? Do I need to do this in a counselor's office so that we can manage the the breakup in the workplace? Do I need to have a meeting and human resources present when I say, I have to leave this organization. So think in terms of their patterns and how you're going to impact them and how to word what you're doing. And that's an important thing is don't word what you're doing as it's all their fault. Or don't blame yourself and say, you know, I'm just not geared towards the kind of things that you want. I think it's better to just say we're different. Our goals are different. Our styles are different.
0: Perspectives.
1: Yeah. So emphasize difference rather than like who's good and who's bad or who's who's competent, who's not. Or, you know, don't, you know, say I tell this to lawyers, don't tell your clients that you're not competent to handle their case because everything you've done up to that point may have been beneficial but they're going to want all their money back if you say, I'm not competent to hand you. I've discovered that your case is more complicated than I thought. And just say, you know, I realize that your case at this stage needs somebody with X, Y, Z. And so I want to refer you.
0: And that's not my specialty, right? Right. Something like that.
1: That's not me. And so you're not making it that you did something wrong. It's just where to go from here. Mm. Likewise, in a couple relationship, don't say I did everything wrong or you did everything wrong. Say at this point in our lives, and and people often do this. They say, you know, I'm growing in a different direction. The other person, no, please, please don't change. Don't grow. (laughs) And you say, no, no, I really need to. Is something like that is better than saying, you know, I just don't like who you are. Oh, oh, who? What was that movie? Came out six months ago. The uh, um, Colin Firth and somebody. I was in the Banshees of Inisheeran, mm. and they they were like thirty people live on the island, and these two guys have been best buddies, and one says, "I want to end our friendship. I don't like you anymore." Well, you if you saw the movie you see what comes after he gives that message. That's not a good way to do it. <laughs> anyway, so think it through. That's the that's the key. Think it through, thinking through the steps. It may be small steps, you know, I I need I'm busy. I'm going to be busy a lot the next month, so we're not going to be able to spend as much time together. Or I have this project that I need to focus on. Don't make it personal and don't, I think, make it too sudden. It's easier for people to adapt to step-by-step transitions. In the workplace, you may need to say, okay, you're on probation now. And then, okay, it's it's come time where we're going to have to part company transitions for high conflict people it's it's hard for them to process and relationships are the, the hardest so think it through
0: which is easy to do or may not easy but easier to do in a professional capacity than in your personal life and i think that's where we see a lot of you know people being emotionally hooked and then we do maybe take a giant step and in walking away and, uh, it, it can be quite confronting to that person and, and really activate that hatred or anger, um, and retaliation or, you know, that need to just dis- dominate and destroy. And, and when, when they destroy, they might destroy your reputation to the rest of the family or to a community. With social media, it can, you know, kind of spread far and wide. When you're really emotionally hooked, I think what I've found is if you have that feeling, if you have a strong feeling about something, and you're kind of, you know, it's knocking around in your head, and and you're you're feeling it in your body, and you know, don't go into that conversation. If you're having a conversation or the email that you're sending with with that still feeling that strong emotion, because it's going to probably disrupt. It's probably going to erupt, really. There's going to be a a bigger problem because that person's not, the high conflict person is going to react because they're going to do what they're going to do. They're really programmed this way. And if you try to walk away from someone, you know, let's say, uh, you know, with narcissistic or antisocial it, immediately it's going to trigger their, their fear of feeling inferior or dominated. And they're going to attack back in some way. And you're already feeling bad. Now you're going to feel a whole lot worse.
1: Talk about practicing what you're going to say in counseling with a counselor, with a therapist, and, and talk through what, what are you going to say? And then what's the other person going to say? And how are you going to respond to that? This is if you're going to even be having a discussion.
0: Yeah, that's a good question.
1: Because you want to be safe. In high-conflict divorces, I tell people sometimes, be in a safe place and have your kids safe, and then tell the person that you're getting a divorce from them and have a lawyer who they can immediately talk to and complain about it to and encourage them to get a lawyer. But have an intermediary and and send a letter that says, I want us to do this as peacefully as possible. I think we should try mediation. This could be letter could be with a divorce petition. They could be served with a divorce petition and a letter that says, Let's work on this, and not having a hearing schedule, just let's work on this in mediation, let's try to do this uh mediation compatibly collaboratively and then if you have to schedule a hearing and get decisions made but that's the kind of step by step approach but think it through walk through if you are like telling the person cuz you don't you don't feel in danger but you know they're going to be upset then practice with a the therapist what you'll say what they'll say how you'll respond to each thing they'll say And one of the things important here, say like, say you're splitting up with somebody with borderline traits, is they really want to hold on tight. Abandonment's a big issue for them. And so they're going to try to pull you back in and say, hey, well, what about this? What about that? And a lot of people who've been living with a borderline have been giving in to walking on eggshells, essentially. And so you want to get yourself ready to say, no, I've made up my mind, and this is what I want. If you've made up your mind, maybe. and if you haven't, get counseling. Try couples counseling. See if that makes it better. Sometimes it does. Often it doesn't, and at least you've given it a try. But just say, this is where I am. So you don't backtrack. Say, oh, okay, well, I won't move out then. Think through what you're going to do.
0: That's such a hard one, right? It's a tough spot when when people are in that situation because you don't want to hurt the other person or you don't even know what to say. You want out desperately. But, I mean, people really feel stuck with, with this.
1: Yeah, and let it go step by step. Say, we'll we'll keep talking. Let's go to couples counseling and talk about this. But don't reverse course if you've made up your mind Don't waffle in reverse course. Just go step by step forward. Because what happens when the person thinks you're coming back into the relationship is they become more vulnerable. And then when it becomes clear you're leaving, they're more upset. And that's that's something you, you want to avoid. There's a term some people call hoovering. And that is, you're saying, I want to leave the relationship, and they try to suck you back in. That's hoovering like a vacuum cleaner. Some people wonder where hoovering comes from. It (laughs) used to be one of the most popular vacuum cleaners, so it would suck you back in. And this happens. Sometimes people start having sex with you and you go, oh, well, you know, this does still feel good. Or this was the best part of our relationship. And you end up back into the relationship. You've got to be ready to say, no, I'm not going to walk backwards, but I'm not going to rush forward. We'll take our time. No
0: more (laughs) (laughs) yo-yo. Right,
1: right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's 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 a challenge but it it's you know to your point about telling them what you're going to do that's part of setting limits and I think that's um somewhat of a misunderstood concept um and it's it's really a powerful tool that we have in in if we are if we do make the decision to walk away from a relationship, is remember, I'm not walking on eggshells around this person any longer. I'm going to tell them what I'm going to do. I'll do it in small steps. I'll do it with empathy, attention, and respect, but I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. And and you know, we we receive so many stories and reports from people who are just terrified of this conversation and they live for years sort of being battered about emotionally and they're they're very afraid
1: sometimes physically
0: right right
1: and they're and they're right to be afraid so they got to pay attention to that and prepare
0: yes yes so good well any last thoughts on this bill
1: just you know i really encourage counseling in making the decision because sometimes sometimes there may be something you can do to make things better sometimes let's say you've got a child who's 16 and two more years of high school, and you don't want to end up in a big custody battle. and A lot of high-conflict people will put you through that, and you fear. well, can I hang in here two more years until the child finishes high school? And I've consulted with people that have made that decision, but they have to think it through. And other people have said, two more years of this, this is just not going to work, so get ready to do it now.
0: Mm okay very good well uh, listeners we we appreciate you listening and and hopefully this has been helpful for you let us know if you have any questions about it next week we're going to talk about a concept, or I guess the experience and phenomenon of splitting. It's a kind of a big topic, so be prepared for that. In the meantime, if you have questions, please send them to podcast at highconflictinstitute.com or submit them to highconflictinstitute.com slash podcast. Until next time, keep learning and practicing these skills. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others, while we all try to find the missing piece. It's all your fault is a production of True Story FM. Engineering by Andy Nelson. Music by Wolf Samuels, John Coggins, and Ziv Moran. Find the show, show notes, and transcripts at TrueStory.fm or highconflictinstitute.com slash podcast. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.